0: Good morning. Joining me from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota, our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, how are things over in Heartland?
1: You know, they're uh, beautiful as always, and um, still have a hummingbird around.
0: So you do? Because some yeah. people are thinking they were all gone, or I mentioned that they hadn't seen any, so that's amazing.
1: I have at least one, and uh, boy, I'm just keeping the feeder up, because you know... It, you think about this, it might be an elderly hummingbird making his last trip south and uh, trying to mosey along and taking his time and seeing the sights and everything. So I'm going to make sure it's got something to, to eat as long as it wants to spend time here with me. So it probably
0: needs all the energy it can get.
1: I, I They they certainly do. It is just a an incredible flight. I, I do want to thank everybody at the Elberley Audubon Society, uh, of which I've been a member for a long time, but they apparently just ran out of uh, anybody they could get to, uh, to talk there, Oh, so Al. to go talk there, so it was very nice, and it, it was incredible. I um, had um, old, I shouldn't say old members, former members there you go. from the Twin Cities and things that drove down to uh, hear me bloviate, so it was quite, uh, quite nice. And I have red-breasted nuthatches. They're still, I've, uh, August 21st was, or August 24th was the first day I saw them here in my yard. And they make the yard smile. The tiny birds to me look as if they're smiling, or maybe it's gas, who knows. <laughs> but there was an old, who can turn the world on with her smile? it well, it's Mary Tyler Moore and red-breasted nuthatches. And I enjoy their nasal voices. They sound like little tiny um, tin whistles, little tiny horns, and yank, yank, they say. Uh, red-breasted nuthatches are birds of the coniferous woods nesting among the spruce and fir and hemlock, and they migrate southward earlier than many, if not most, of the eruptive species so sometimes heading south in early July so
0: wow that's really Yeah, early. that's
1: why we get them here in August and uh, still got them here in October and they're they're just cute. They're a white-breasted nuthats that has been shrunk and then <laughs> it got a little more color on it. Uh, speaking of birds coming down, Ron Pittoy, he's an Ontario ornithologist and every year he does a winter finch forecast in which she collects data on the seasonal seed, berry, and cone crops across Canada to determine if there will be enough natural foods to sustain the birds in the northern forests or if the birds will need to migrate south. And if there's years of widespread crop failures due to weather conditions or insect outbreaks, That results in an eruption of birds. And this year's uh, 2018-2019 winter finch forecast indicates that we're going to see a lot of birds coming down. So depending upon where you are, look for siskins, redpolls, crossbills, and grosbeaks this winter.
0: Does that eruption correspond with when the trees have their eruption of extra acorns or seeds? Because, you know, we talk about sometimes when trees think that there's going to be a bad year or something, they'll just have a big output. Does it correlate any at all with the birds? I think
1: it does. You know, they... uh, Oak trees will have, every two to five years, they'll have this massive mast. And I would have no doubt that uh, a lot of the berry trees, uh, cone trees that have cones on them, have that same thing where they go up and down. So when there's a lot of those up there, then the birds can stay because life is good. They've got food everywhere. But when there aren't many... We like here when we have no acorns it makes it hard on some of our birds so they probably have to move around a little bit more than they like because they like us are driven by food and its availability i um got the nicest ask the other day i was asked to speak at carol henderson's retirement banquet and i'm, I'm unable to do so because of uh, a prior engagement Sometimes I wish there were two of me, but what a <laughs> thing to wish upon the world. Uh, Carol has been the only director of the Minnesota's DNR non-game wildlife program since its inception in 1977. Wow. He's just a good guy. He was instrumental in the creation of the Chickadee Checkoff and spurred the recovery of bald eagles, trumpeter swans, peregrine falcons, and river otters, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of his accomplishments Uh, carol has authored many books including woodworking for wildlife and i think minnesota's fortunate that he moved here from his home in ziering iowa and i appreciate him more than i can say i'm sorry i won't be there for his retirement well there's
0: an opening there in case you don't have enough to do al i guess (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he just, uh, I don't know who'd want to take Carol's place. I, I know there will be somebody, but uh, what a daunting task, I would think. I enjoyed a waffle at a Waffle House in Columbia, Missouri. I know, I know, but I love Waffle House waffles. It's just and that's all I get. It's just a waffle. I don't get anything else with it, and I am a happy camper. They're always so busy, I usually have to wait, but I'm willing to do that. Well, I enjoy this waffle in the company of a Columbia resident, an avid birder. Her name is Edge Wade, like the edge of a, a, wall, uh, of a building or something. Edge is not only a wonderful person, she's the only person I know named Edge. And we talked of birds, and Edge related a tale of watching ravens in a tree in Alaska. We were talking about how smart ravens are. And she watched these ravens. They would take sticks, and they would drop them onto a bald eagle that was perched lower in the same tree. And they continued doing that until the eagle finally flew away. (laughs) Oh, gee. That's terrible. Yeah, they uh, made a lot of noise. dive
0: bombers, literally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes, uh, they're just, they're really smart. Uh, Rick Mammel of Albert Lee said, We still have hummingbirds humming. Also, as I was chatting with a neighbor's son, I caught a tiny flash of movement in a large tree directly in front of us, about 15 feet away. I initially thought it was a brown creeper skipping and hopping downward. That tiny gem had a cinnamon breast, blackish crown, with a pronounced bright white eyebrow i checked some of my bird id books and learned it was a red-breasted nuthatch it's the first and i think the only one i have ever seen in my long life what a busy and beautiful treat that little guy is and rick uh, as i did earlier uh, well i'll do it again i'll echo your comments they're just exquisite little birds Uh, paul sorum of glenville like a lot of bird feeders have we like squirrels, but sometimes they, um, they're a little overbearing, and um, and they wreck some bird feeders. So what he did is put his feeder on a very thin but strong wire, hmm. and he said it just is so thin that it makes difficult for squirrels to get on there. And he said, boy, it is working for him. Uh, Sarah Coker. Sarah is a wonderful writer for the Albert Lee Tribune, and she said, where can I see pileated woodpeckers in the albert lee area and i told her Myrie big island state park the albert lee Audubon nature preserve and white woods county park are three wonderful places that they um, they show up you can just kind of look for trees if there's some dead trees with these huge hunks hacked out of them that's evidence that the pileated or pileated woodpeckers have been at work
0: Hey, I've got a question about scat for you. I was wondering, I was out at the lake house this weekend, and on the steps from the house down to the lake, there were several piles. They were probably the size of a small baseball, but the the actual, that's how big the pile was, but the stuff was about the size of like a bunch of little BBs, just a whole bunch of little brown BBs in this little pile. What in the world could produce that?
1: Uh, There's a... uh a number. Of, you know, Remember the guy, Scatman Crothers? <laughs> no. Was, yeah, he was a singer and an actor, I think. And uh, he's one of those guys that people see a picture of and they say, oh, that guy, hey, I know him. And I thought, what a name, Scatman. Yeah, and I, no kidding. You know, it was Scat because, like, Mel Torme sang right. Scat and all that sort of thing. But still, boy, Scatman. There are a number of things out there that uh, are uh, using... Our lawns and our areas for uh, lavatories.
0: Right, and, and some of them, There were several piles uh, on the way up the steps. I mean, you know, there's quite quite uh, a few. Seven, I don't know, there's quite a few steps up there, but there was one pile here, one pile there, one pile. So they were fairly large piles, but just with little teeny BB-sized little poopy pellets. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to describe them. I guess.
1: Well, I think that's good. <laughs> The things that come in our yard, of course, deer come in, and they leave kind of pellet-like things. Not that. It's
0: much smaller.
1: And they're not going to be up on your steps either. Right. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they will once in a while. Nothing surprises me about deer. Rabbits.
0: They're not rabbits. I know rabbits. This is smaller than rabbits.
1: Yeah, little milk dud kind of thing. Yes. For folks that remember the milk dud, um, and again deer have those little um uh, round <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're junior mints. Yeah. Uh we get uh, turkeys will come in. Theirs is uh oh they're cylindrical, mm. uh, maybe up to three inches long, so it wouldn't be them. Raccoon droppings are uh, tubular in shape with no. blunt ends and maybe they can be two to three inches long. Uh squirrels would be my my guess. Uh, especially when they're on steps. And Ah. And they're very tiny. They're oval-shaped.
0: But are they in that big of a pile for a little squirrel? I was just shocked.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I know, like, uh, raccoons will have a lavatory. So one raccoon will say, you know, this is a, a pleasant place to do my job here. And then other raccoons will say, well, there's the bathroom facility right over there. (laughs) And so they will go there um, and keep using that same area. And maybe squirrels will do that, too, if they'll go along and say, boy, somebody's been here or Benny's been here, so here we're going to do this. So maybe that's the, the case there where they're using. Or if one just, you know, they eat a lot.
0: Well, I've noticed that there's also they're also cracking nuts. Uh, I find shells also on the steps, so maybe it is they're doing both apparently on these steps.
1: Yep, and it just uh, is is nice when they keep uh, the the bathroom close to the, the living room <laughs> that way, so they don't have to travel a long distance and say, "Boy, I hope I just hope I make it." And uh, this way, it, there's no problem. Well, I'm just and, I
0: just keep wipe I mean, s- scraping it off with my my boot because I don't know what else to do I mean I guess that's the best way to do it because it it just keeps coming
1: back the other one that we see well possum but we see skunk uh, also in there oh and uh, they're a little more oh I don't know they they're brown of course but uh, maybe the size of um, what a house cat would leave Mm. sometimes you find berries or insect exoskeletons in there and I say, boy, this time of the year, with the grass and some of our uh, some of our plants are kind of dying back. We it's easy to find all this stuff that had probably been there for a long time, but we just we haven't noticed. But of course, in your case, it's right on the steps there. So it, it. And the other one I know somebody will ask about would be a possum. Oh. And, uh, they are fairly large, like a, like a dog might leave. So,
0: uh, well, there. there's a book, I'm sure, out there that, that has pictures of scat, and I'll just have to go to the library and get that I'm and compare. I'm sure there is. I'm yes. sure there
1: is. But again, if I had to guess, I would say um, I would, I, our friend the squirrel, okay. I would think, would be at work
0: there. Good to know.
1: Uh, oh, somebody uh, texted during last week's show, said is it possible that I have a pair of Carolina chickadees uh, in Mankato, that they are smaller than our chickadees and boy that's a um, a great observation they're smaller but I would guess that they are smaller black capped chickadees just for a genetic thing uh, black capped chickadees and Carolina chickadees I was in uh, Missouri here a, a while ago and around St. Louis they have Carolina chickadees and black capped chickadees both there's a a line that runs through the United States, through Illinois, Missouri, and Kansas, where they have Carolina chickadees. They do hybridize to make it um, even tougher. And there is a study, black-capped chickadees are noted for how they can remember where they put stuff. They hide seeds, and they remember where they are. And some research is showing that when they hybridize, they lose that ability. They're not as good. So. But a black cap chickadee has an overall, br- I'm sorry, a Carolina chickadee has an overall brighter and more contrasting appearance of the black cap. And it has whiter neck sides, uh, whiter secondary edges to its, its feathers, uh, brighter flanks, and it has uh, slightly greener back, and green doesn't really cut it, but I can't think of another color. Is it's, it
0: fairly unheard of that the Carolina chickadees would be here? Is that why you're saying that's probably unlikely?
1: It, we have not had them here.
0: Oh, okay. So, so it would be yeah. unusual if they were.
1: It would, and but uh, boy, that's a great observation. It'd just be, um, she noticed right ahead that, right off that they were smaller, so it, it's really neat. Uh, we, uh, the other chickadee we get in Minnesota is the boreal like the boreal woods, and as you might expect with the name Boreal, they're uh, quite a ways north of us. Uh, Tim Scott sent me a uh, article from The Guardian, and it says the creation and growth of cities, roads, power lines, factories, and energy production across the United States has taken a huge toll on birds. Uh, Domestic cats alone exterminate an average of 2.4 billion birds a year, mostly the small backyard variety, according to U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service statistics. Then there are 600 million birds a year that perish across the U.S. by thudding into glass-sided buildings and windows. A further 25 million a year die from hurtling and electric lines, 72 million from poisoning. And it, uh, in the article it said Donald Trump pondered this enormous mortality on his campaign trail in 2016, The wind kills all of your birds, he said at a rally. All of your birds killed. You know the environmentalists never talk about that. Uh, Boy, he ought to live where I do. We talk about that a lot. In fact, wind turbines... Will kill an average of two hundred thirty-four thousand birds a year. So really Fraction.
0: minor compared with some of the other things.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I say, but we still have to keep an eye on and do due diligence, and we don't want it to. I don't want that number to go up because a lot more are going in. So they need to be situated better and built better. You, uh, but. Do you Overall,
0: know what else, I was said, you know what else can kill them?" is you, you read about the drunk birds by Gilbert, Minnesota. I mean, a lot of them were running into windows, running into cars, etc., because they're eating the berries off the trees. That was a big article, and of course, we've talked about it many times on this show that it's not so unusual for the birds to get drunk off of some of the uh, rotting or, or decaying fruit.
1: Yeah, you get a little alcohol in there, and um, Tim Scott and Mark Sorensen of Geneva Lake and Glenda Bat of Albert Lee all sent me an article oh. on that. And, uh, folks, if you hadn't seen it, it Gilbert, it's um, a, a small northern Minnesota community, and the police have been getting these calls, and this is up in the Iron Range. And they, as Karen said, uh, birds are flying into windows cars and acting confused. And the police department said that the birds are ingesting berries that have fermented. And uh, they're just uh, robins and waxwings are the two you think of. And they eat fruits such as crab apples. The sugar in the fruit turns into alcohol as they lose moisture. And the police department said there's no need to panic because <laughs> the birds will eventually sober up. And on are On their news release, they put a bunch of little things. Angry birds laughing and giggling uncontrollably and appearing to be happy. Or a Tweety bird acting as if it's 10 feet tall and getting into confrontations with cats. Uh, Woodstock pushing Snoopy off the doghouse for no apparent reason. Big bird operating a motor vehicle in an unsafe manner. Uh, The roadrunner darting in and out of traffic on Main Street. or birds making a late-night run to Taco Bell.
0: Now, why do you think that this became a big news item? Like I said, it happens every year. I mean, we've all seen it, or a lot of us have seen that. So why in Gilbert, Minnesota, did it become this news that made um, national news?
1: That's, uh, you know, if uh, if we could figure out what um, <laughs> just trips everybody's trigger sometimes, it'd be amazing, because I saw it in the Washington Post, so it just... It got everywhere. and it's it, I have no idea, but it uh, it was something that you know, I guess drunken birds, people say, oh, really drunken birds. <laughs> let me read that. So somebody put a wonderful headline somewhere along the line,
0: and it caught uh, went viral, as they say
1: it did. Uh, John Bruder saw a wood stork at Myrie Big Island State Park. Uh, Bonnie Williamson sent me a photo of a big June bug looking creature. And it's a grapevine beetle, and the adults' feed on grape leaves really aren't much of a problem. Cindy Drill in North Mankato saw our first uh, dark-eyed juncos on ten October 5th. Chad Hines said uh, Chris Thiem reported a Buick's wren near the trestle at the back of Rasmussen's woods beyond the floating boardwalk. Also found, he and John Frentz also found a black-throated gray warbler at Williams' Nature Park the Bethany hawkwatch has exceeded 4,000 birds for the season and recorded its first golden eagle on Thursday. Broadwings are winding down, redtails are winding up. Other recent birds, Nashville, Tennessee, orange-crowned and yellow-rumped warblers, purple finch, white-throated sparrow, dark-eyed junco, swainson thrush, yellow-bellied sapsucker, ruby-crowned and golden-crowned kinglets, and gray catbird. Rich Greens of New Ulm said he sat down to enjoy a scone outside a, a local cafe, and a robin flew down and landed on his shoulder. Wow! And what do you What do you do when somebody invites <laughs> himself to your table? Well, he <laughs> rich shared his scone with that robin, and, and they bonded. So it was a great story. Peter Gillis said, "I've had a pair of red-breasted nuthatches at my feeders the last three days. So petite and so striking." Some white-throated sparrows. Papa Cardinal is still feeding a late summer brood of two. I've seen more cardinals in the last two weeks than I had all summer. Uh, Robin searched my front yard for a morsel just before this recent cold snap. Had several fall warblers, but uh, couldn't identify them through the leaves. Lou Jean Ingham of Hayward spotted a cougar, and there's been a few folks there have done that. Uh, Brian Hillesheim of New Ulm had a late Baltimore Oriole. Dale Westland of Hayward had six hummingbirds there uh, at this weekend. Uh, Paul Meidel of New Ulm said he has a house finch with uh, problems with the eyes. And, yeah, that's conjunctivitis. And Paul cleaned the feeders. Uh, lastly, some uh, southern Minnesota farmers, and uh, folks, you might have seen this in a paper, but I just thought it was really cool. They're using underwear as a creative way to test soil health. So farmers participated in this thing called Soil Your Undies program. (laughs) They buried cotton underwear in their fields this summer to see how they would decompose over time. So using underwear, it's a fun way to raise awareness about the importance of soil health. And the gathering also highlighted other signs of soil health, such as signs of worm activity. Eric Volson farms corn and soybeans near Walters. He buried two pairs of underwear, one in a field that's been tilled over the years and one where cover crops have been planted for three years. The pair in the tilled field was almost completely intact, while the pair in the cover field was more decomposed. Volson believes this illustrates how planting cover crops can improve soil's health by increasing plants, organisms, and nutrients, tilling fields involves tearing up the soil after crops are harvested to get rid of plant residue. So I, I thought that was really cool. Soil your undies program.
0: So if you're planning to do a crime and you want to get rid of the evidence, put it in a uh, conserve, conservation <coughs> cropped area <laughs> so it, it'll, it'll disappear quicker.
1: I think you have an idea there for a mystery novel. I do. And how they got rid of the evidence. And they searched a the field, but all we could find was this little bit there. So <laughs> I hope uh, it, I hope everybody will get to the cafe. Where the food chain is missing a few links, the special is always a Heimlich maneuver, and gravy's considered a beverage, and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any. I stopped into the cafe the other day, made my order, didn't look at the menu. You know, it's familiar. You just said, I have this. Well, the, I have some bad news and some good news. Which do you want to hear first, asked the server. I said, well, give me the bad news, I replied, because I prefer happy endings. She said, you ordered the beef commercial. The beef commercials here have been terrible. I said, well, what's the good news? He said, we're all out of beef commercial. <laughs> Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Uh, get out there and uh, you know do something wild today. Look at a bird. Uh, Karen, I enjoyed your company. I appreciate everybody listening to KMSU, and uh, I hope fall treats us all kindly.
0: Me too. Hey, Al, it's great chatting with you as always. We'll talk to you next week, all right?
1: I look forward to it. Thanks. Yep,
0: bye-bye.